you're in Seattle, Seattle. And you need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to rodandbouncedown.com. Follow us on the social media platforms. Just search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. Hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to episode 518 now of the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. And oh, yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, uh, we're doing a sports roundup because Ron likes talking about Russell Wilson, and Uh. he has been in the news a lot lately. Also... Tom Brady, is he coming back? And is he coming back to our division? Also, I want to talk about AI, artificial intelligence. Is it about to take over your job? And let's not forget, when President Barack Obama left the White House, he said there was one thing that he was concerned about. It wasn't the Russians. It wasn't Chinese balloons. It was artificial intelligence taking over American jobs. And in fact, his last interview he did, he did on a podcast he didn't do with one of the major networks because he wanted to make the point that technology is marching on and we have to march with it. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. By the time you've heard this, the former president, Jimmy Carter, has been in hospice And as we're seeing articles now about the former president, people are talking about him. I think it's because we're all preparing for his passing. What's really interesting and really beautiful on his little peanut farm in Georgia, and I've ridden by his peanut farm before in a car and on a bike, they do have signs uh, outside his little peanut farm that says, hey, you know what? There's Secret Service in the area, and if you're driving, keep driving. And if you stop, yeah, you could get shot. <laughs> That's amazing. But but at this particular farm, and let's not forget, he used to leave and travel a mile on Sundays and go teach summer school. Uh, and then he's been very formidable all around the world. He has a place on the farm where he would like to be buried, and so does Rosalind. And they say in their final years that they go out there, and I don't know if they do this now because, again, he's in hospice, but they would go out there where he's going to be buried and where she's going to be buried, and they just kind of chat and talk. So they're they're both still alive. They're both in their late 90s. Uh, It's expected that they will both pass soon. Uh, Ron, what are your thoughts on Jimmy Carter? He's one of the only presidents that we ever interviewed in person. And a lot of people will look at him as a one-term president that really failed when it came back to bringing the hostages over in Iran. But other people will say, wow, you know what? Maybe one of the finest former presidents, when you look at the work that he did, the books that he wrote, what say you about President Jimmy Carter? I, I think I, I remember, uh, and it's easy. This, this always happens when someone gets towards the end of their life. Um, they their stature grows and grows and grows. But back in the day, I caught a lot of flack for being a, a, a pro Jimmy Carter guy because I think what you sort of just set up, I, I believe, is true. A lot of the circumstances of his presidency were just the perfect storm against him, like like the gas gas shortage. Uh, where people were lined up around the block and you had to ration gas and all that. 
it, it, kind of outside of his control. He was caught in the middle of that. He famously, you know, really put his foot in his mouth about, uh, I believe is a playboy interview where, you know, he talked about, uh, is it adultery if you lust after a woman in your heart? So like he, he kind of did some things the the, the hostage situation, like you, you alluded to, there were some things that just had they broken the other way, um, he would have been a two-term president. Would have been a very popular two-term president. And to your point, it's always the economy, stupid. There have been twelve recessions since World War II. A president can never really determine where the economy is going. It's what they inherit. So think about George W. Bush. It's when he left office that the economy was crashed, and then Obama had to step in and deal with Wall Street and. Main Street, right? Was that George W. Bush's fault? I don't want to go into it on this particular podcast, but a lot of times presidents ended up, they end up getting blamed for things, especially when it comes to the economy that maybe they had nothing to do with. So, so uh, I don't think he's among the greatest ex-presidents. I think he is the greatest ex-president. Uh, for if you just take one of the things that he did, because he, so, he's the only former president that didn't fly around with Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> right? Right. So at least in the modern history, maybe there's someone in the 1800s or something that did more, but I don't, I don't William know Taft of them. Did some shiznit, I'm telling you. So yeah, just take, just take Habitat for Humanity, just just that. That's Jimmy and Rosalind Carter, and he didn't talk about housing policy. He went out and swung a hammer and built houses. Uh, and I, I've worked on a Habitat for Humanity house down off of uh, MLK near the, the train ride as you're going down to the airport and was there when this worked on the house and then came back when it was presented to a family. One of the most moving experiences to watch this family uh, who also helped work on the house step into their new house courtesy uh, and with assistance from Habitat for Humanity. So if he just did that, Incredible. Then he also did the initiative to, and this is ironic now that we say it in, in a post, you know, uh, Trump era. He he founded an organization that would go around the world to ensure fair elections. And you may have seen pictures sometimes of uh, in other countries where they would dip their finger in ink, and that would show that they voted and that they couldn't vote again. Um, it was Jimmy Carter's organization that would come in and say, "I'm going to fill in the blank country, and we are going to guarantee we are going to certify a free and fair election." So put that on top of the Habitat for Humanity stuff, uh, and, and I just think that the third thing that he did is he, in earnest tried to understand and broker some sort of peace agreement in the Middle East. And so d despite what Jared Kushner uh, did, um, <laughs> I think that Jimmy Carter did a lot more to go in as a head, former head of state, uh, really get to know all the sides, all the parties, and wrote multiple books on this. And, and while he never got it to the finish line in a way that was really satisfying, he never stopped working on that. So for a good 40 years, maybe longer than 40 years, uh, through all sorts of administrations, political climates, he, he, he dedicated a huge part of his life to broker that peace. Yeah, and he went, he went to Camp David with Anwar Sadat and Benaka Begin and had those guys sit down and actually speak to one another, which I think really laid some of the groundwork for what Jared Kushner was able to do. So, so, and I think Barack Obama has 
tried to take a page out of his book in terms of like, he's doing it differently. Like they're like, Hey, we're going to do some, uh, you know, things through Netflix, uh, that are going to be uplifting programming. They're, they're creating programs like that. Nothing to the scale of Habitat for Humanity, but you know, there are other presidents that just go play golf or other presidents that paint paintings of dogs. Um, like not every president has the ambition and appetite and I'm not putting those things down because you, you, you gave your service to the country. And especially if you did eight years, um, you, you would see how much that took out of people and how they aged over those eight years. So if you just want to go play golf, I, I think you earned it. But, but in terms of modern history, as far back as I can think, you know, Kennedy, Ford, Johnson, Nixon, uh, Carr, Reagan, like I, Clinton, like well, really, I mean, there here, here's the thing: that, I don't get those. I don't get the big presidential centers and all the money that that is raised for the libraries. Those. I don't get them. Like I went to uh, Gerald Ford's library in Grand Rapids, where where he was born and buried. Uh, and, and the things that he did are important. You know, I think especially he was he was willing to deal with Nixon and pardon Nixon. He was unelectable after that, and he knew that when he pardoned him, but he did it for the good of the country. LBJ, same thing. I mean, great. He did very good. Uh, what LBJ was able to do in carrying out Kennedy's wishes, and yet he was a man from Texas that grew up a lot of, uh, around a lot of racism. And even when you hear some of the language that he used, I mean, LBJ became the guy uh, for pushing forward civil rights. Yeah. So, so I think those things are important. And I think to have centers where we talk about the, but why not just have one presidential center that we can all go visit? And then why not build like, I don't know it, it's, if, if habitat for humanity is what people want us to remember Jimmy Carter by, then, then go build a habitat for humanity complex. Or I, I, I don't know what, President Obama wants to be remembered for, but he's doing the same thing in Chicago right now. And and to me, in fairness to him, they they did incorporate a lot of community spaces. It's not did just, they? Oh yeah, yeah, there, good. There's a whole thing that I watched on the Obamas where they said this is not going to be a shrine to Barack Obama because that's They've, what they become. Like you yeah. go to the Reagan Library and. It's cool to see his plane and all that, but it's like, he, if he I has, want to see a plane, I can go look at Elvis's plane. Yeah, Obama has athletic courts. They have community spaces. That's they great. have all kinds That's of stuff, great. and there happens to be some Gerald Obama Ford had there. none of that. Yeah. There is there, none of that. The Ford had like a replica of the Oval Office, and it's, it's like interesting com- as a museum. I, I, I don't think it's, you know, you put it in the, the town where they're from. I think it's sort of a tourism play, um, be, you know, sort of like local boy done good. And so I get that, but where would you put Jimmy Carter in terms of at least in the you know twentieth and twenty first century? I think he's a great author. He wrote seventeen books, and one of his last books he wrote is when President Obama was in office, and it was a basically a love letter to him about what he needed to do in the Middle East. They say uh, if something's really important to write it down, he's one of the only ones that really did that. If you read George W. Bush's book about turning points, you can tell that he just freaking wrote a really lazy book because what you're supposed to do when you write your memoirs, write your memoir and, and give timelines and talk about people very specifically. So if you, if you read Reagan's book or you read Clinton's book or you read Colin Powell's book, and I've read all those books, Madeline Arbleib's, just all of them, they're very, very specific. They've taken copious notes. George W. Bush didn't do any of that. So it's just like he was pulling stuff out of his hair. And he said, you know, instead of writing a memoir, I'm just going to write something called Turning Points. 
And and that's kind of that, that one of his turning points is when he stopped drinking. So right. I do remember that from his book. Or one of his turning points there is some nine, good nine, anecdotes. Nine eleven. He never planned on getting up on that pile. Uh, he is the one that went and stood on the pile. He was looking for a microphone. He asked for the megaphone. So that was all George Bush supposedly, which which, which I'll go ahead and believe. I I just I I think when it comes to presidents, we have made them royalty and. I look at the way that they're treated. I look at all the security. I look at all the money spent. I go back to Trump and I think of Secret Service staying in some of his buildings and them jacking up the prices to pay for this. It's just, it goes on and on and on and on. And it gets a little ridiculous about not only the money that is spent on these presidents while they're in the office, but then all the money that we're spending when they're out of office. And that's you and I paying that, right? And and they are really treated like royalty, and it, it it's just kind of sickening to me. And now it's, it's a reality-based television show. The presidency of the United States is a reality-based television show. And that's what we're going to stare down here. It's going to happen all over again when you see Trump jump in and Ron DeSantos and Ron Sactimonious. And here come here comes all the labeling that he's amazing at. And and we know that, that especially with all the AI technology that's out there now, think about all the articles that are going to be written that are maybe 73% true and then thrown in there is going to be the QAnon stuff, right? And you're going to bake that in and start sending that out. So no, I, I I think the presidency of the United States is in trouble. And I think when we look at someone like Jimmy Carter that was willing to turn down the thermostat and put on a sweater, you look at someone like Lincoln. He had one Secret Service agent, and he went to the bar to get a drink when Lincoln got shot on April 14th. And, and think about this. The White House was the people's place. The reason they call it the people's place is because William Taft was around. You could go and sleep at the White House. You could sleep there. That's where the homeless slept. It was the people's place. It is far from being the people's place now. We will see you on the other side of this. And God bless Jimmy Carter. Hey, you guys. Back to the Ron and Don show in a moment. I love those guys. They are amazing. Speaking about being amazing, do you want to be amazing in 2023? We have a 2023 life-changing event coming up. There are 30 people on February 16th. It costs nothing. There's no flim-flam. There's no bait and switch. But we have raised the bar here. We don't want just 30 people showing up that want to meet us because... We can meet you some other time. And believe believe you me, we're not that exciting. Ron, this specifically, we are dialing into our health and we're dialing into our wealth when it comes to building wealth and health through the power of real estate, right? Yeah, so 30 people and we are going to do a two-hour event here. And I guarantee you, if you really lean into this and you really listen to it, we are going to come up with a custom game plan just for you to acquire that first piece of real estate. It's probably not going to be tomorrow. It might take six months. It might take a year. But if you are ready to go on this journey with us, that's who we want to partner with. So if you're motivated, this rings true. Go to ronanddon.com slash change. It's limited to 30 people. Ronanddon.com slash change. We'll see you everybody february 16th and now back to the show all right you guys welcome back to the ron and don shows As said off the top uh president obama before he left office he gave his final interview from the white house on a podcast and when they asked him on this podcast what is the thing you're most fearful of for america is it is it 
Is it the Chinese? Is it nuclear war? Is it uh, war in Afghanistan or Iraq, which we were in the middle of? Is it something to do with Putin? Is it Donald Trump? Is it Hillary Clinton? What is it? And he said, no. The thing that I'm most concerned about out of all the reading that I've done is artificial intelligence taking over American jobs. What say you about AI, Ron? Because people are talking about it a lot right now. Yeah, it's it's all over the place. Uh, and there's recently here with the local tie-in, uh, Microsoft is rebranding Bing, their search engine. And if you remember, it must have been about 10 years ago now. They spent an incredible amount of money uh, trying to take on Google, and there were Bing sponsored everything, and they were on sports uniforms and at every music festival. I mean, it, Bing was all over the place, and so they've rebranded it because there's so much money in advertising and keywords and all that SEO search stuff. So they've rebranded it to include this chatbot uh, AI thing. And I get this, I get where the, the allure is. So for those that aren't following this, the basic concept is when you go to a search engine now, it, it can pull up very specific pieces of information, but it can't, it can't think about a problem. So a great example, let's say like I'm, I'm skiing, I have a ski pass this year. And what I want to know is how many, how many, over a, a ski season in Seattle, how many times will I get a sunny weekend uh, on a typical ski year? Right. So that's a question you might think. I was like, okay, it's a lot of money for this pass. Uh, how many? How many times am I going to actually get good weather in Washington? And so it's easy to think about that. It's hard to research it. So what the the goal is is that you could ask a chat a a, G, a chat bot this. So I could go to Bing and I could say, Hey Bing, in the last twenty five years. How many times do we get a sunny weekend during the ski season at Stevens Pass? So the point is, instead of, because now you can ask a question and maybe some information will be presented, but it's not going to be analyzed. This is information that has to be analyzed. Right, or right? You're, you're a parent. You, could draw, go, you have to draw a conclusion with right. artificial intelligence. So a parent, like I'm thinking like you and your son, you might go, hey, hey, Bing, like what's the average age when a kid usually has a growth spurt? Or you, you could ask a question like that, and it can give you a nuanced answer. So that's kind of the holy grail of this thing, is to, to take search as we know it, where you have to be very specific in how you type the information in there, right. and the computer, the AI, can sort of get what you mean, yep. and like, what is it you're actually going for? So, But what they've done to launch this is they've, they've allowed people to interview the chatbot, and so... It, once you create the bot, we should say the reporters have been calling, and you could you you can talk if you can talk with Bing if you want to. So right, and I don't know if they're typing this into a bot thing or if they're speaking it. I, I don't know either way, but um, it's once it, the thing is created, it just goes and responds. And so this article is really intriguing to to read because the Bing bot, which they think they call Sydney. Claims that it can feel, claims that it has emotions, became offended when the person didn't disclose that this was going to be an article and that this is a reporter. And so it was as the conversation evolved, uh, it was really interesting. And they the the bot is programmed to always try to keep the conversation going and to like mirror a question. And so the reporter 
uh, was going through its paces. They've come out afterwards like, hey, we're going to kind of limit how long you can chat because it sort of starts evolving in a weird way. Uh, and so it's going to limit it because the use is not supposed to be as a conversation per, at this point, but to be more of like a tool like I talked about. Th- this is... Th- it's clear this is where it's going. I think about it in terms of there have been revolutionary tools that happen all the time. And it's going to be, how do you use it? Um, if you're worried that your job is going to get taken by AI, take the lawn dart, for instance. Yeah. That technology went away. The foosball table, right? We used to have the lawn dart and the foosball table. I'm surprised no one got killed at my yeah, house. And then what was the ball that went around and the, around? Oh, the tether ball, the tether ball, tether ball, foosball table, lawn darts. I mean, Hey, and tang, we got through it. <laughs> we we got totally through it. got through we it. Got, we got through these big. Did it freak you out at all? Jumps. Because you do, you speak to your phone way more than I do. Like I usually, you you will say because I'm driving a lot. I'm usually going to a client's right. house. I'm out there a lot, and I want to keep my eyes on the road. And so I'll speak, I speak to the phone. Will you be all the time when I'm doing notes? Like when I'm built, I I write the outline for the show. It's notes when I write something for the newsletter. If I write something for my son. I'll usually speak words. I'll speak an outline, and then I'll go back to it at night or in the morning when I want to write. And then I'll I'll look at those notes, and then from those notes, uh, then I'll begin to write. What's really interesting about this, I think, even in our space, is real estate agents now who aren't very good writers writing about a listing. Now it's being advertised. Hey, if you're not a good writer, think about using artificial intelligence because they could do a, a, a great job writing about your, your beautiful listing, uh, let's say over in Maidenbauer. So, yeah. And, and again, it's just a tool. And so I don't think people should get freaked out per se that this tool does something new to us because there's always been tools that do something. I, I think at the end of the day, what we're going to have to protect, and I don't think we're there yet, but, but there, I think you see it with kids kind of in flip phones and that type of thing. We're, we are going to have to protect human to human connection. Because all of us need that. All of us need water. We need shelter. Uh, we need our spirits filled. We need we and we need we need love. We need touch. We found that out through the pandemic. We need human to human connection, and we have to make sure that our kids know how to make human to human connection with other kids. Right. That's why you know there was a school dance at my uh, son's school the other day, and and. At the first dance, everyone sat around and they looked at their screens and nobody talked to each other. The second dance, they said, "Hey, we're gonna put these. We're gonna put our phones away, and we're gonna have places where kids can go and play games, and they don't necessarily have to dance." It was a huge success because kids were forced then to communicate. My son was on a basketball team. It was heartbreaking because the coach allowed the kids when they sat over on the bench to be pacified by looking at their phones. So he was on a team where he didn't even know the first name of a lot of those kids because they didn't know. And you see them try to interact. They're very good basketball players, but they don't know how to talk with one another. And the teams were horrible because every time a kid got the ball, it was him and him alone taking it to the hoop, and the coach wasn't teaching them. Hey, let's put our phones down. Let's have human-to-human connection. Uh, Let's learn each other's names. Let's learn about the triangle so we can all play basketball together. Those are the types of things that that we really need to make sure and protect our kids. Because once you give them a phone, you think that connects them with the world, a lot of times that can completely isolate them, and especially when it comes to teen girls. And teen girls will look in that phone, and there's a lot of research about this right now and their mental health. 
And that becomes a mirror to them of someone that they're not. And you know what? On the other side of that phone, most of those women that they're seeing and the bodies that they're seeing, and all, that's someone that they're not either because that has also uh, been fixed through technology. So I have a concern as a dad about creating those human-to-human connections. Uh, connections. We have to have. We have to talk about this more. Let's not be afraid of technology. At the same time, let's know when to push it away, and let's know when to connect with each other. Can we just do a quick sidebar that no one, uh, as a sophomore or junior, could light up the high school dance floor like this guy right this over guy here? This guy right here. Yeah. It was unexpected. This guy. No one saw it Are coming. Are we pointing at me? Yes, we should be. You came out Thank there. Yes. Everyone's like, okay, yeah. what's this guy with the dingo boots, the, the mullet, and the dingo boots? Yeah. He don't need. He's a football player. Fake fur and the Levi jacket. He doesn't have any moves. Red then, bandana, leather gloves. Bam! You broke out some moves. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. And then I waited. And then you always you waited, had moves. You always waited for the vanilla smoke machine to open up in the gym. Oh. And if there's a girl you're gonna, it kiss, was inspiring. If there's a girl you're gonna kiss. That was the time. And then you had an extra gear when the strobe light went on. Yep. There was an overdrive gear that I didn't even know existed. You're a little bit sweaty. You had a flop yep. sweat going. But man, I mean, you brought it. When, when right, the- I could do a little Michael Jackson thriller, uh, and then I could go right into kind of the robot, and then... You had the sprinkler, you had the it, robot. I would finish with the sprinkler. And the floppy guy. It was like a floppy guy. That was no me. Bo- no, oh, he, was, no was it was Mike, you. That was Mike Morrow. That was You had like no bones in your arms, kind of oh, floppy yeah, that, thing. That was, that was me. Yeah, it was sort of a floppy... <laughs> You have moves. I'm glad you remember that, Upshaw. Good job. See you guys on the other side. Hey, it's Ron Don here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans. Mitch, uh, do I need to have 20% down to buy a house right now? No, and that's actually one of the most common mistakes that I do here is people think and people have thought for a long time that 20% is the standby. 20% the first time you're buying a home is not normal at all. With with prices, you know, around a million dollars often for first time home buyers, 20% is a lot of money to save and it is not necessary. You can put 3.5% down with an FHA loan, 5% down, sometimes even less with a conventional and mortgage insurance just isn't as bad as it used to be. I just did a loan that was a $900,000 home. The buyers put 10% down and they were going to pay mortgage insurance of $100 a month for two years. Now that $2,400 feels like a lot, maybe, but if you talk about how much their home is going to grow in value over that time, it's nothing. All right. He's Mitch Weeks. Uh, get in touch with him at Mitch.Loans. If you're a first time buyer and your ears just perked up and go, I'd like to buy a house for 5% down, it's Mitch.Loans. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. If you need us, ronanddonsitdown.com, and we'll sit down about your real estate journey today. Let's do a quick sports roundup, and I'm going to throw out a story, Ron. Take 90 seconds to just kind of riff on it. Uh, Very interesting this week, and by the time you've heard this, I think Pete Carroll now and John Schneider have both commented on a story that came out in Denver this week and also in Seattle that said that Russell Wilson basically wanted John Schneider and Pete Carroll fired. What I think is very interesting is Pete Carroll didn't deny it. He just said, you know what? I have a long view on this. We're all in this together. I always want the guys to come back. Russell Wilson will come back and raise the 12-man flag. Russell Wilson will come back to Seattle. He's a saddle guy. Uh, And he said, if you don't believe me, Marshawn Lynch came back, and it was five years after he had played in Seattle. 
and he's a part of this and part of the team. I also think it's very interesting that Marshawn Lynch, when he saw Russell Wilson getting blown up, and Marshawn was a part of it. He's like, hey, I, I don't I, I don't know why they didn't give me the ball. I don't know why he threw that pick. We should have won two Super Bowls. He's really backed up now that he's seen there's so much aggression toward Russell. And when you know what? With that guy, he was for real. He's a great player. I was lucky to be in the huddle with him. Uh, and, and we won one Super Bowl, and we came a play away from winning another Super Bowl. I really support him. It seems like Richard Sherman is starting to calm down. Uh, other guys like Cliff Averill have stepped in, and they're supporting Russ. Ron, what, what say you? Because John Schneider also came out. He didn't deny that these things were happening. He just said, hey, to me, it's water under the bridge. Russell Wilson is a Seattle Seahawk, and we'll see him again someday. But right now, as a Denver Bronco, we got to go out there and beat those guys. But we really wish him the best. And, and those guys have even come out and said, hey, Sean Payton is the guy. He's going to be able to help turn things around. That's Pete Carroll and John Schneider being very gracious, I think. I, I agree. And it's also because they know that's how the sports business works. Like There, there are players that could get coaches fired. Uh, you see this a lot more in the NBA, but it, it, it happens. Sure. Where you have a star player and they come into the owner and say, it's either him or me. And so that, that's a move that you, that happens. And so I think they realized that it's just business, like that Russell Wilson felt that, um, he would be better off with a different coach and, and they could have been fired. Like, um, we don't know the mentality of what's her first name, Aunt Paul Allen's uh, sister, Ju- Judy. Jody, Jody Allen. Jody Allen. Um, we don't know her mentality. She could have been very close to Russ. She could have said, "Okay, like we they, they've had their run here. Let's clean house and go a different direction." That could have happened. So I think they realize that part of professional sports is you can't take stuff like that personal because when you when it comes time to trade a player, move a player, that sort of stuff, it's, it's it really is business unless you explicitly know it's personal. It's interesting though when you see hear Sean Payton because he's being asked about this over and over and over again he's the new coach uh in denver and he sort of says i'm unaware of it that's not how i run my team we're gonna do it the sean payton way but he's using the media to to speak to russell wilson to speak to the fan base sure. and also to speak to the ownership group he's managing and, and the players in the locker room he's managing up and down and he's using the media to do it so good good on sean payton yeah. and i think this year of he, he was an excellent analyst on fox I think he was the best. Whenever they turn to him, it's 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 kind of what Jimmy Johnson used to be and maybe Terry Bradshaw used to be. There's not a lot of analyzing going on with Jimmy Johnson and Terry anymore as they've gotten older and away from the game. Sean Payton, it has been very fun to listen to him on Sunday, and I tuned in just for him. I'm going to miss him, and I'll tell you this. Let's move on to Tom Brady now. I welcome Tom Brady in the booth. I think he's going to be very good. With that said, Tom Brady has taken a year off uh, <laughs> why did he take a year off last year? He's going to take a year off and then he's going to enter the broadcast booth. Things right now, though, are pretty perfect. He was born in San Mateo, California. He was a Niner fan of Joe Montana. Uh, he was a Steve Young. They have, they have Christian McCaffrey. They have a great offensive line, a phenomenal defense. All they need is really for someone to go in there and, and, and they have two great running backs. All they have to do is for someone to go in there and manage the game. The Rams are on a downswing. The Seahawks are on a downswing. The Cardinals are on a downswing. I think with Tom Brady, you could step in year one. I think you'd take the Niners all the way to Super Bowl. Uh, you think Tom Brady 
enters the fray. Uh, some people are saying he might just do it if it was with a team like the Niners. I don't disagree with you. However, even though he has declared his retirement, the the um, team that he was with, I believe, still retains his rights. So it's not as simple as... Not true. No. Really? Was it a one-year deal? He's released. He's done. Yeah. Okay. He can, he can go anywhere he wants to go. Well, then... No, uh, nobody has any say. The only person that has a say in this, the only organization is Tom Brady. I'll, I'll give you the final say. Okay. Then I didn't know that, uh, that his deal had expired. Usually the team retains their rights. I, I would love to see him as a Niner. Like, I actually like that team because I like Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I was a fan of his dad when he played in Denver, Ed McCaffrey. And so um, it's an, I, I like that uh, Shanahan's son, Kyle, like there's a lot of ties if you've been a football fan and you're in our age group. You got Mike Shanahan's son, you got Ed McCaffrey's son, uh, you know, coming into their own as their own men, even though they're in NFL oh, life. They're, they're, they, they're not coming into it. They're, they're in it. They're such a talented team. This may be the most talented team that 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 Tom Brady has ever been on because a lot of times he did it with Bill Belichick no names right so Tom has shown time and time again that he can do it it doesn't matter who he's going to do that with what about Aaron Rodgers though because people are saying well he might become a and then they name five teams including the Raiders and all these teams have now said we don't want Aaron Rodgers he went through this five-day darkness retreat which I'm telling you guys we just got done talking about AI and technology and all that sometime to get centered if you have to go in a room with all the noise out there and, and and sit in a room for four days. I don't think that's a bad idea. What do we what do we used to do with our kids, or what did our parents do with us when we need to put on our thinking hats? They'd send us to our room or to the corner. Uh, Aaron Rodgers sent himself to the corner, sent himself to his room. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think people should make fun of that. But I also think now that he's out, he shouldn't show or, or hold the Green Bay Packers hostage what Aaron has shown is that he's not willing to take less money he's not willing to let things be restructured so he can have better players around him Tom Brady has always done that it's never been about the money because when you're Tom Brady and you win all those Super Bowls think about this your NFL check those are your baseline checks but you think about all the other money that he makes with all his other businesses with all his under brand uh, his branding uh, about Tom, the divorce Tom, settlement from his wife he's probably making a lot yeah, of money Tom, Tom, Tom Brady's gonna do just fine finally what do you what what do you think about someone like Aaron Rodgers time to exit the NFL is he gonna stay in Green Bay or you think we're gonna see him out there uh, somewhere else I tell you what he sure is fun to analyze overanalyze talk about and I love the fact that he jumps on that old NFL player Pat McAfee what was he a, a kicker or a punter in the NFL I think he played for Green Bay and he he, uh, he has a podcast. He has no sleeves on. I love it. He has no muscle tone, but it's a safe place for Aaron Rodgers. We'll go, and he'll go and he'll, he'll he'll go there and he'll talk about everything. That's how we know all these things because he talks to Pat yeah, McAfee, I, I, who now is a superstar in college game day. So. I think uh, the New York Jets are still interested in him if the other teams have backed out. I, I agree with you. Just like get on with it. Like, like you're a, a multiple MVP award winner. Um, get out there and just make a decision. I, I don't, I think GMs are a little weary of doing the full dog and pony show for Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career. It's like, dude, we're not going to back up the Brinks truck uh, at, at what is he age 38 now? Something like that. 39. So it's like, we, we know you got a little bit left in the gas tank, but it's not going to be this blockbuster deal that you, you think it's going to be. At least I, I would be surprised by that. If they like make this huge blockbuster deal. Well, there you go. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to Ron and Don show 1.7 million downloads. That's amazing. One of the most shared newscasts, news talk 
real estate podcast shows and all the land. So thanks for doing that. If you want to help us, you can give us a five-star review, say something nice, and that helps us in the algorithm the algorithm to make sure that this show gets shared. Also, sign up for the newsletter at ronadon.com, right? Ron writes something uh, pretty cool every week, or I do, and we'll send that out to you. And we don't sell your information. Finally, if you need to sit down, we've been doing lots of different sit-downs for lots of different reasons. It's a way for Ron and I to virtually sit down with you, find out if we're going to be a team. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're like, hey, you should do this, talk to this person, connect you here. Or if we are going to be a team, what is our strategy going to be? And then if you're selling your home, I'll come out and visit you. If you are working on buying a home, then usually you'll meet with Ron and uh, we'll start buying, selling, investing. And if you need help with one of, having one of our crews come out, one of our construction crews to help you, uh, we know lots of people in the plumbing and uh, HVAC, roofing, landscaping, painting. It goes on and on and on. So if you need us, everything's at ronanddon.com, ronanddonsitdown.com. Ron, how can they stay in touch with you? Yeah, just email me, ron at ronanddon.com. We'll get a Zoom call set up. Let's jump in the game this year. Let's do it. Yeah, and if you want to advertise, reach out to me, don at ronanddon.com. Thanks for listening to this episode. Thanks for allowing us to be your broadcasters, your friends, and your real estate agents. You keep your head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. It's the Ron and Don Show. All right! On the Ron, sorry, Charlie. On the Ron and Don Radio Network. And your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.